0: welcome back to toys on tap this week we have a fantastic artist that comes on all the way the wonder from down under dark rainbow toys if you want more toys on tap you can tune in get on all socials at toys on tap you can go wherever you get podcasts like subscribe rate review and if you want a little bit more every artist starting this year is getting something called the nitty gritty. It's an extra 20 to 30 minutes with every artist that comes on. And it costs you only $3 a month to get access to that much more content. Absolutely incredible. I cannot wait. Jump on that Patreon, patreon.com toysontap tap. Now let's get back to this episode of toys on tap. Hey, you did it. You did it, dude. I'm yes. pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped to have you on the podcast. Uh, I was so sad uh, when you missed it last time uh, traveling and stuff, dude. It's a nightmare sometimes. So, n- no hard feelings at all. I understand 100%. Thanks. But uh, Thanks. I, I was pumped that we could reschedule because it was like, yeah. you're an incredible toy maker. So, let's make it happen.
1: Great. Thank you for inviting me. I think that, like, finally my 15 minutes of fame have come. <laughs> yeah, there you go, 15 minutes.
0: I hope you got more than 15 minutes in you, so. <laughs>
1: oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. It's
0: um, than that. I don't know if you've listened to Toys on Tap, if you've.
1: Of course. Of <laughs> course I do.
0: Um, There's, we have started this new portion, which uh, every artist now gets to be involved with, called The Nitty Gritty. Um, yes and, yeah so that we get our portion that goes out and then we do the nitty-gritty which goes out to the patreon um, and i've got some specific questions kind of just for you because it deals with process and that kind of stuff but um i'm pumped to have you on i can't tell you that enough
1: great i look when i remember when i listened to the first episodes yeah. like i was like wow like being in that post- podcast is like my my dream. Maybe I never get to be there, so it's like a sort of a dream coming true. Uh, I'm very happy, man. You make my heart very good. happy. And 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 thank you for for having the the podcast. I think that it was very inspiring initially because when when you started, there was like almost nothing around i think that it was very good to like create a community and be aware of like other people doing similar things and learning learning like techniques from advice and and stuff yeah so yeah that's good
0: you know i've looked around we started in 2021 i started on vimeo doing like basic videos um and then i decided to move to podcasts in 2021 and Uh, I looked around and and I found killer bootlegs used to have a a podcast and I listened to all of them. And um, then there were some other ones that kind of popped up for a short time uh, and they kind of faded away. But I'm here. I'm here for the long haul because it's yes, you guys need another space. But before we get into anything else, please tell the world who's sitting right here and tell them what you do.
1: Okay. I'm Dark Rainbow, also known as Juancho. Sometimes um, I'm originally from Colombia, and now I live in uh, the land of the Wurundjeri people. And I'm a, I make toys. I wouldn't say like I, I'm a toy maker. I make many other things, but I under that label of Dark Rainbow, I make more things like I make stickers and. Same, and But uh, toys is probably the the biggest thing that I make under that that label. Yes, and that's like the the basics. I yeah. uh, do like racing casting mostly. A uh, back cards blisters. I try to do like all by myself. So, yep. Man, that is. That's, there's that's, no
0: shortage. You do a lot. Um, Usually we start out with toys and like childhood stuff. I'm really interested in the dynamic of being originally from Colombia and then moving to where you did. Usually we move like we know that um, some people move either to Mexico or South America or up into North America. But you went like super far east. Uh, Can you tell me that story? Like, how did you end up there?
1: I think like but in I think that all South America we have a very strong influence from the US. It's like everywhere. Economy, politics, culture. So when when me and my partner, when we were looking to like places to go and explore, um yeah. we wanted to have a like a more exotic adventure. Yeah, like going like somewhere where we would like feel like a radical difference not that australia is like completely different it's like a western country but yes. so we decided to come here to have like that sort of exotic uh, experience and also because like australia has like heaps of uh, opportunities for studying for working uh, so we decided to come here, and I don't like take advantage of those opportunities. Things like went uh, very well, and we were able to to say yeah. I think that it's been like fifteen years. Like the last fifth of January was the fifteen year since we arrived, and yeah. it, it's been it's been great. It's um, yes it's it's a really nice place to live.
0: yeah, I'm not entirely sure what part of Australia you live in, but I know that like from what I hear, there's only like really big like Sydney and Wollongong and Perth, and then there's just a lot of vacant space in the middle. and
1: yes yeah, so most most cities are along the coast, yeah, so like Brisbane like Cairns, Brisbane, Sydney, then more Coast, then Melbourne, Tasmania in front, then Adelaide, Perth. Yes, and then the centre is basically, it's like the Australian desert.
0: Empire (laughs) Blisters.
1: Empire Blisters. Specializing in action figure blisters, two point seven five inch, 19 different styles, two, 2, 2, 2, 2 sizes of clamshell figure cases, 4, 4. four different bulk pack options, quantities of one hundred sample packs available. Empire, Empire blisters now Toys on Tap. 10. That means a ten percent off coupon on checkout. code Toys on Tap ten. That's T O Y S O N T A P
0: one zero. Empire blisters. Empire blisters.
1: It's not like any desert. It's a I don't think that it's a desert. People call it in that way, but I don't think that it has the like character, like geographic uh, characteristics of a desert. And it's it's red. It's beautiful. The the sand is is red. And yes, it's a it's. There are towns and there are like uh, First Nations communities, but there are not like big cities. Like as you say, like those big cities are in the coast. And it's not that they are, like, huge. I think that Melbourne, or what what people call, like, the, the greater Melbourne, has probably four or five millions okay. of, of people. So everything is small. Yeah, so, for example, like, <clears throat> it's difficult to get things like uh, silicone, resin. There are local brands, of course, but they don't have, like, the... For example, the variety of uh, resins that smooth cast and smooth on uh, has yeah, and, and and everything is like a in you know like a smaller scale yeah, but it's good. Maybe we
0: <clears throat> we get some here and we send it to you. You're gonna need some of that stuff. Um, we it's cool always having artists from other countries on the podcast because. Uh, people don't really understand that this scene is growing rapidly and it's all over the world. And, um, some of my favorite toy artists and toy places are in Australia. This is not a toy story, Titty Beans, all of them. And, um, and so it's really cool to have another one on, uh, but I got to know some history about you. So take me back. You're a child. What kind of toys are we playing with? What kind of toys kind of fill you at that time?
1: And I really wanted to tell you about that because always that I listen to the to the podcast, people come with like these stories about toys and Star Wars and motu and those things and my experience I don't know if it was because I grew up in Colombia or mm-hmm. just because I'm sometimes I'm like weird but i but my experience with toys was um. I think that completely different and I'm surrounded by of things to show you. So I think that the, the first toys I had were I'm gonna play this to see if you
0: <clears throat> oh the Fisher Price record player.
1: Yeah. Can you listen? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that Fisher Price were the first toys I had in um, the first toys I have like a memory of like playing with them and I had these like the what do you call this like the little people
0: yeah the it's like a uh, little tykes little people the peg system yeah
1: yes so when I was a kid then my mom gave all my toes my my toys to my cousin and they my auntie kept these toys like for 40 years something like that and then she sent them uh, back to to me so i think that like my first experience with uh, toys was a feature price, but not like action figures or or things like that and then because i knew that we were going to talk uh, about this then i asked my mom and dad like what Toys did I have, or what toys and um, did I play with? Yeah. And I, I, more or less, I, I knew that they confirmed that I didn't have much toys, that most of the toys I had, uh, I made them. So I remember that I used to make like toys with plastic bags, uh, with paper, uh, like empty. Uh, boxes of cigarettes. I remember like building these huge like structures and then like playing with with them. So that's my child. My yes, my childhood. And then um, Barbie. My sister had the like the Barbies building. Mm-hmm. It was like a three-story building. And I remember that we used to like my sister and I. We used to like build a furniture for for Barbie and like accessories, decoration for the for the apartment. And I made the elevator for the building mm-hmm. because it had like three levels. Yeah. So I made that. And yeah, so I think that that's. Most of my memories, I really don't remember of having like action figures or like Star Wars uh, figures. I'm not sure if it was because like those things were not popular at all in Colombia. I think that they would have been like very somehow expensive for for Colombia, and I don't know. I'm like, not sure if my parents. Would have been able to uh, afford uh, that. And something else is that, like, I really, I don't watch uh, TV and I don't watch uh, movies. I think like my attention is like my capacity to pay attention to something is very, very short. Yeah. So I I remember that I I watched um, Star Wars, like back in the 80s. Yeah. I watched, I suppose, like the the three first movies, but I didn't watch the new ones. I have no idea what they are about, but I I do love Star Wars uh, figures. But for example, Masters of the Universe, I have no idea what that is about. But again, I, I love the the characters, the accessories, the the tiny figures. Yeah, so I, I think that those are my my experience in terms of playing with toys. Yeah. And then making toys or not necessarily toys, but like sort of dolls. I've been involved in that like my I think that my my whole life. So I think that that started with with my sister and Barbies, uh, building. But then I made a uh, like figures, sort of dolls made of a uh, paper machine. Is that mm-hmm. right? Is that how you put yeah. it? I I made a lot of a uh, that like when I was at uni or high school and uni, and then. That like early 2000s, I was very into paper toys. Mm-hmm. Have you been? Have you have you seen that?
0: Yeah, like so the I paper was, dolls and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yes, I used to make heaps of of them, and there was a a community of paper toys in in Flickr. And then I stopped and making toys for for a while, and then I got into into toy making, but I. I I didn't go straight into racing figures like i I I arrived to the toy making scene like, through a different part it's interesting to have a a
0: a child not having toys or really watching TV or movies like not doing those things. and so um especially so my love for south america or the latin countries is their bootlegs like i love 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 ninja turtle bootlegs this like they're all right here on my wall and um they're crazy looking and i love them and uh when i've brought people on they've talked about how they had access to those but you didn't have access to action figures as a whole and that deep do you think that that changed like your sister had the barbie dream house but you didn't have anything is there like what was the reason that you couldn't get access to those outside of plastic bags or
1: something i don't know i think that i i wasn't interested i okay. all. not i mean I, I remember that like what people call like mexican bootlegs yeah. or like south american bootlegs those were the toys i had if mm-hmm. i had any toys like I, like even like these little people this figure from fisher price is looks, a bootleg
0: yeah it looks fantastic we interrupted this broadcast of toys on Top to
1: bring you this meanwhile in a galaxy of bootleg treasures <laughs> do we we must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh
0: my! We're doomed. Wait, salvation! What? Hooray! We're saved! DOP2. Limited edition, custom artist-made action figures in DKE Toys.
1: Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog.
0: Hooray for custom action figures!
1: DKE. Yes, and so those are the the common toys you find if you go to, I don't know, like a a corner shop, like a milk bar, even like in supermarkets. Back Mm in the 80s, like those bootleg toys were um, sold at supermarkets. And I think that I, I, I assume that I had access to bootleg toys. But... My passion is not that much about uh, playing, but making, making stuff. And I don't like having ideas and getting, like, obsessed uh, with uh, ideas. Like, sometimes I do, like, get obsessed. Like, I want to make this figure and I'm going to, like, put these pieces and then I have to buy this and I have to get this and I'm going to get, like, these animals from a... $2 shop and yeah. Yeah. I don't think that I didn't have access. I'm not sure. I think that I was just not interested in like sort of ready made toys or ready made figures. I also think that it's because I didn't, because I didn't watch the movies, I -hmm. didn't watch the cartoons on TV, I didn't have like a point of reference. like I didn't know like ah oh, that ninja torto. Like I would just say like a green doll. And like I, I think that I wouldn't be interested in, in that. But Barbie and her dream house, that that was something something different. Yeah. Which is sort of weird. Like I, I assume that everyone who had a sister at some point got involved uh, with Barbie and mm-hmm. the Barbie word i think that no one mentions that i don't know why but do do, do you have sisters
0: yeah i grew up with sisters and they had barbies like crazy every barbie you could think of they had and uh i never like not that i was so against i just don't remember ever playing barbies with them (laughs) yeah um one of the cool things that you kind of talked about too is like the maker like we always try to identify early makers right and early creators and kind of what you're talking about is being a creator of toys all the way back to when you were a child like a little kid um which is incredible to see and 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 it it like definitely fulfills what you are talking about now and how you create yeah. so tell me about the with this art kind of background did you go into art at
1: university, did you do art in high school? No, my mom. She's very artistic, mm-hmm. and when I was a kid, she went to uni and she did. I think that. I think I I'm not I don't remember if it was visual arts or advertising, and so my mom she's a she's a maker. She's 71 and she still like makes things and yes and like. Yes, she's like the old school eh, maker with paper and like yeah, and old school pens and like these machines that make like lettering by hand and like I don't remember the names. So my mom always like encouraged us to make our own toys or make stuff like drawing, painting. So I remember that when we went into like for holidays when we had a school holidays, we had this huge um, box at home. I think that it was like a wooden box. And my mom would put like just materials into that box instead of toys. And that was what we were, my sister and I, that was what we were like given for, for the holidays. So I think that there was like not many options uh, for us like or, make it or get bored yeah. as, as fuck. Eh? yes so i think that that was like yes i think that like my making sort of like attitude and skills uh came from or come from that and then i went to uni and i did a industrial design i think that that sort of although the industrial design that I did was very different because it was more industry-based because Colombia has like a manufacturing and factories Mm and industry. So it's not that I was like making many things. It was more like about designing and getting someone else to produce what you design. But I learned like techniques like screen printing, mold making, using like adobe the yes so i think that that's like a that was a path i've been like just following a path that my my mom put for for us yeah
0: when you yeah. get past that point at what point in your life does your interest in toys kind of ignite so you have an interest in making, but you're with like paper dolls and those types of things. When do you start to get interested in the thing we all love, action figures?
1: Yeah, I think that, and this is also something bit weird. So people in the podcast usually say that when they started to like go out with girls, they put toys aside. I think that in my case it was the opposite when i was a teenager and i was able to decide like what i wanted that was the moment when i started to like buy a uh, action figures mm-hmm. like the superpowers and i don't don't remember i think that like the thundercats and so i think that that was the first moment and i remember that at home i had like all these shelves with toys and action figures and bootleg toys Yep. so yeah i think that it was maybe when i was 14 15 16 and then for my entire life i've been interested in yeah figures and, and things we rarely hear about
0: it going the opposite way i mean it, usually, we get rid of everything once we see we, we get involved in relationships and stuff. but that's it's an interesting dynamic to go backwards. And so it's like, yeah, yeah. like once uh when I first got into this and I uh, started I, I got married, um the podcast had started or, or it didn't start until after. And then collecting started. you could see behind me. It just like got out of hand really quick but I definitely understand like <laughs> then diving into it. So you you started finally collecting some of the toys that we know and love, some of the bootlegs, all that stuff. Um at what time between like starting to do all that and then um what came next? Was it the move or was it you started making toys? When where do we fall in this timeline?
1: When I when I moved from Colombia to Australia. I do remember that I broke some toys, which Mm -hmm. was sort of crazy because I had to put like all my life into two bags and come back and start a new life with those two bags. But I do remember that I uh, brought um, Transformers. Mm -hmm. Like uh, there was like these Transformers in the early two thousands, and I, I think that 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 I was somehow collecting. Not that I wanted to have like all of them, but I do remember that I have some of them, maybe five or, or six. So I broke them and then I got rid of of them.
0: And so you moved and had to kind of start over, but left most of your stuff. And then when you moved to Australia, do you notice that people are making toys?
1: Yeah. Okay. that's That's interesting. I think that when when we came to Australia, we went into like, survival mode mm-hmm. for a, maybe a couple of years. Then I got a, a scholarship to do a PhD, and I was like into that like for probably four years. So I forgot about I left a, everything and focus on on that. And I think that I like. I moved away from making from dolls, from toys for a while, and then, and long story short, my partner and I worked as volunteers in an op shop. Like my partner, she was doing a PhD about like a secondhand economies, more or less, or secondhand cultures. And as part of her PhD, she started to do field work in an op shop. Like do you, what do you call that in the US? Thrift shops or yeah, opportunity yeah, yeah. shops? Thrift shops. Drift. Yes. And so she started working there as a volunteer. And then she told me like this is amazing. You have to come and work here. So I started like working as volunteer and I I was allocated into the toys section. Mm -hmm. And I was, so I was known as the toy, toy man. And when I was like working there, I had access to many toys that maybe I knew that they existed, but I didn't have access to those toys uh, before. And some of those toys were the matchbox cars, mm-hmm. like the diecast uh, cars. They were heaps. And I came up with the idea of making like a um, new packaging for those cars. So my logic was like if like we sell these cars for maybe $1 or $2, But what if I make like a packaging, like a nice packaging for them with drawings, illustrations, and we put that and we try to sell that maybe for five, six dollars? Like I think that that was a very like a designer uh, mentality, like increasing the value of things based on packaging and advertising and and that sort of sort of, of stuff. So following that, uh, I was, like, very interested in developing that idea, but not because I wanted to make toys, just because I wanted to, like, increase the value of all these things that I had uh, around. And then to that shop, someone donated a huge collection of Star Wars figures. Mm. That was the first time that I had, uh, like, a Star Wars figure in my hand. And I think that that was probably my late eh, 30, thirty 30s. And I thought, like, ah, maybe I could do something similar with these figures. Maybe I could, like, make back cards for them and, and sell them. I wasn't aware that those figures were so expensive, like themselves. I thought that they would be like, one or two dollars mm-hmm. as any other toy in the in this um opportunity shop so i had that idea on mind and um, then we went into the like COVID melbourne like where like or melbourne in quotes was the city that had the longest lockdown in the world so we stayed at home like for for two years and as many other people have have uh, told, I think that that was the moment when like I realized that I, I had a bit more of time uh, I had like all these things at, at home because equipment from from work I work in a in a, like, in a university in a, a school of design so because we didn't have access to the workshops. We were allowed to bring like equipment at home, okay sort of like so, yes, more or less some sophisticated uh, mm-hmm. equipment. So I said, okay, this is the moment when I'm going to to make this packaging for for cars. And those were the first sort of a uh, toys that I I didn't make them. I just made the back cards, and I think that if you go like below, like at the bottom of my instagram feed you'll find them so i made this uh, i made these packages for the matchbox uh, cars and the only thing that i made like was the car back and i uh, did blister so i had a, a equipment to make the blisters um, at home and then at the back of each car i tried to tell a story a story like I, I'm always I've been always interested in making a, a critique of capitalism, a critique of re- religion. Sometimes like I critique about like I don't know, like a, for example like speed cars, uh, drive-through like the McDonald's, yeah, uh, fuel stations. So I try to make the, that packaging and then at the back of the cards try to tell a story of that and I made like I I made that uh, a Cadillac a like a bus from the UK and an ambulance a police car um like a fire brigade uh, car and those were like the first my first contact with toy making and because I was interested in like the, the cards and the illustrations, I started to look for like those things on, on Instagram. And I don't remember very well, but then that's how I found a T D beans, Sam. Yeah. It was like a like, coincidence. He was in, he lives in, in Melbourne, like in a completely different subordinate probably like far away from where I live but I discovered um, his feet and I like I was like I went crazy. Mm-hmm. I was like wow like this is if this is possible. I cannot like not just repackage like all stuff but make my own own toys. <laughs> so I had some experience with like mold making, like working with a uh, silicone casting, but not uh, with resin. So I, I got obsessed with a uh, Tilly and his feet, and I was all the time looking at like his figures, his molds, and and this is something that that I've uh, I've told uh, Sam, like. I most of the things that I learned initially, all of them came from from his his feet. So looking at um, the 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 pictures, the videos he posted on Instagram, I got an idea. And then I don't know. Then I started like looking for more toys on on Instagram, following people. I think that then I I found a uh, killer bootlegs his podcast. Then I found a uh, Malo Mallow toys. Yeah, Miren. Yes, yes, and because she has like these amazing cards, like also amazing figures. But I was initially like, so I think that I I tried to combine like the techniques of TD Beans or like what some. Was doing in terms of racing, kid bashing, like all these amazing mashups, and he makes and trying to make cards not as nice, but trying to learn from Malo toys and like I don't know, like I'm so fascinated with the yeah. card bags that uh, he makes, and yes, and then I try to combine those two two things and I had some Star Wars figures that I uh, got at the op shop at that moment the the op shop was closed and so I I had to work out like whatever I wanted to make it had to be with things that I had at home or that were uh, delivered to, to home Because at some point during the pandemic, no one was sending like uh, packages to Australia. I remember that, for example, like the US, the UK, I think that some European countries didn't send uh, anything to Australia. I think that it's too far away and too too complicated, also because Australia has like this very strict bioprotection. Uh, protocols so it's not that you just send something or that you get off the plane and that's it there's a lot of like uh, protocols and and security and stuff so i remember that i got um like a small kit of smooth on resin Mm -hmm. and a small kit of uh, silicon i destroyed one of the figures of star wars one I don't remember one that didn't look that nice, and then I I made that that figure. It's somewhere. I, sadly, I don't know where it is, but I am sure that it's uh, somewhere in this house. And then I think that I made a like a small dog, like a porcelain poodle that we had at at home. And that gave me an idea of how to make molds, how to make molds. So I was able to take the figure out. I, I had a, some, I made a lot of mistakes, like with figures too complicated, trying to make that in a, like a one piece mold. And, okay, and then I learned, and then I made what the figure or one of the figures that most people uh, make at the beginning Darth Vader. Darth of Vader, course. okay. And I, it's okay. I don't know where it is. But yeah, so I, that was the first one that I made like the figure, the blister, and the back card. So I made everything, but I, I just made one and I kept uh, that one. And uh, for me, and I didn't have a pressure pot, so I was just making these toys full of uh, bubbles. I was using blisters, but so I was making these figures with five points of uh, magnetic articulation, but mm-hmm. ironically, I was putting them into blisters that couldn't uh. Be open, and so that thing like not being able to take the toy out of the blister, play with it, and put it back, and um, made me like interested in like bags mm-hmm. and and uh, labels. So I made the Darth Vader, and then I went into a bags. For some time, and I made um this figure that I called the creature for from the bootleg market. I think that yeah. this was one of the first figures I made. And at that point, I was just exploring formats. Mm-hmm. I was making like, like everything. And at the same point, like at the same time, like not much. I, I, I think that I was just exploring. <laughs> Tuesday night! 7 p.m. YouTube Live. It's Toys Alive! Live. Toys, Alive. Live. Toys, Alive. Live. Toys Alive! Toys Alive! Toys Alive! This way cool artist unboxing. No way. Accounts under a thousand followers. What? Art out there for 30 bucks or
0: less. Go. Collector spotlight. Ooh, collectors. Current and upcoming shows and drops. <laughs> Giveaways. What? Short chats with artists. <laughs> <laughs>
1: news from the, the hood. Yes. 100% indie all the time. That's, That's Toys, Toys Alive! Alive. Thursday. Thursday nights, 7 pm PST, YouTube Live. Yes, and I went through like that period for a while because we were in lockdown. It would have been just impossible to get a pressure pad and fix it and adapt it to for, for a racing casting. Um I made customs with the Darth Vader body that was like at some point the, the only figure i had then i made um an eating but like monstrified a uh, eating i'm very interested in like that in that like getting like toys or characters that look cute but then transform them into sort of um monsters or maybe make like a putting them like a big smile. and
0: As you're making all these, you you are making so many things because you're trying to figure out what you want to make and what yeah. you like. How much molding and casting supplies are you going through at this time?
1: I think maybe like hundreds or even, yeah, hundreds of, yeah. of dollars. It's smooth on. It's 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 not cheap in in Australia because I I I looked like the prices of resin and mm-hmm. silicone in the US and I think that in Australia it's probably twenty five percent more more expensive. Mm-hmm. So I was initially using a Smooth On, spending hundreds uh, of dollars, and then because I wasn't selling any anything, I was just making these things for for myself um smooth on was expensive and then i found um, a local company i think that they are up in new south Wales that makes a um, resin and silicone mm-hmm. so i started ordering and buying that resin and that uh, silicone. But I think that those products are mostly for like jewelry Mm -hmm. or like jewelry making and like for those sort of um, applications. Mm -hmm. And I used that for a while because it was like sort of cheaper. and, And then at some point, my partner told me like, why don't you try to make this like something more sustainable? Yeah, and maybe you could sell some of those um, pieces, but it it took me ages to to do that. And the first, let's say, like sort of commercial toy I made were the Remco monsters. Yep. So I got these. Uh, I got the original figures from eBay. I got Dracula, werewolf, Frankenstein, and the Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, I told myself, okay, these are like very popular toys. I'm going to bootleg them and I'm going to make like cards on my own style. And then I see if I'm able to sell them. But then instead of making a couple, I went straight and I think that I made I think, 24 figures. It took me ages, and at that point, i I wasn't good at, a, or I didn't have a like a painting strategy. So I used to put a like a base on the whole figure, and then I would paint the whole figure, and it was so time consuming. Because what I do now is that I cast the resin, and then I just like make some like details some some like yes i don't paint the whole uh figure and it took me ages so because it, it took me so much time i was like in love with each figure and i decided that i wasn't going to to sell them i think that i sold one of these sets of four figures to terrible toys works Mm -hmm. and that's it i kept uh, all of them for me so that idea of making the this uh, yes it's a hobby of making the hobby more sustainable it didn't it didn't go go uh, very well
0: your progression is so quick so it you make things like the monsters and then you it seems like you jump to all of a sudden your casts they're so good and then you have like your packaging is well done with window boxes and you make hmm. godzilla and uh lord jesus against like it's incredible
1: yeah but it but it took me i mean like from from these Remco monsters to godzilla it took me a lot of time, and I spent sometimes I wasted a lot of money mm-hmm. and and materials. So I think that when I made them the Remco, Remco monsters, I realized like the small figures take like a little bit of pressing, while like the five inches or seven inches figures were. Too expensive because it was. Yeah. Like, you need tips of, of resin to make them. So I decided that I was going to focus on on a uh, trip a uh, seventy five uh, inches, and I got the pressure part. So like Let's say that I was like ready for for making like quality toys or toys that i would like that i would feel comfortable selling to mm-hmm. to other to other toy makers or to other people and then i remember that it took me some time to decide what i wanted uh, to make so i was traveling somewhere i think that it, i think that it, i was in finland or something And I had some time, and I said, like, okay, I'm going to sit down with my Instagram, my dark rainbow Instagram, and I'm going to look for for ideas. And I remember that in that trip, I decided that I was going to make, like, a line Mm -hmm. set of toys, combining a Motu figures, Masters of the Universe, with uh, the worst figures from Super Super 7. Mm -hmm. Like the worst. Those are the only figures that I collect. Some figures from Masters of the Universe, I got them from eBay. I'm sure that you and everyone else are aware of these like eBay shops that sell like prototypes and parts. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot of parts from there. Including parts from the worst, I bought some other figures like from the the worst from from Super Seven, and then I put all those things apart, and then I started to like combine them, and I made a this line that I called a mismatch or or something like that that I I made. Five five figures. I have the white photos always that I make a figure. I try to keep um, I try to make um, one figure in white uh, resin. Mm-hmm. So I designed this and uh, five figures. I made um, two of them that are uh, pesadilla that means a uh, nightmare and a siniestro and I made, I made these two and let's say that it was like a success and then people uh, started to invite me to participate in like online events and mm-hmm. things like that and because I, I don't have much time to make toys it's probably like Evenings and weekends, I decided that what I got, what what I could make, I couldn't make much more. Was to I start making figures for those uh, events, and I think that that's what I've been doing um, all this all this time. So then, Lab Lab Monkey invited me to Apocalyptico and then I. Took some of those uh, mismatched figures and I sort of like reframed them as apocalyptic um, figures. And because I'm like initially my main interest was like making the back cards, I started like exploring like other possibilities. And I think that you've seen and like people have seen that i make like these, um card bags that have like a skull or a werewolf or a tiger so i been, and then i started like moving away from the traditional back card that it's like six by nine and i started to explore other other formats like other formats and like sets of carded uh, figures so yeah. set of uh, two figures or three three figures and because i had access to a uh, like a vacuum former and i can make my own blisters i started to combine all those things and as part of that process I, or i think that that's when um uh, i came up with style i i really don't think that i have a style but people associate and um, what i do or my toys with with a style yeah and and i think that that style um comes from from those uh first figures like sort of like semi-professional figures that i that i made Then that thing invited me to sell stuff in uh, Air 2, Kentucky. So I started like sending packages to to E2K. And yes, and then people started to like message me like, hey, how much is this? I want this. It was amazing. I mean, like, just, and I'm always fascinated with this, like, the idea of, that like, someone wants to have something I made at their home. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that they are going to, like, put it away. They are going to put that somewhere where everyone would be able to, to say it. Like, they are going to exceed, they are going to, like, appreciate appreciate these things I make for me. That man, it's like that's magic. I don't need to like. I mean, like, if someone wants to do that, I don't need their money. Just like that, it's a honor for for me. Yeah. So whoever gets in touch and or whoever got in touch with me at that point, I would propose if they if they were other toy makers, I would propose like um like a. Swapping toys, mm-hmm. and that's how I got like more most of the of the bootlegs um, that that I have. And progressively, I don't know, like I I was surrounded like, or or people started to like get interested in in the things I make, and they started to like buy things by like every piece and i made and and then i i said like okay like i could do this but i don't want to like monetize my hobby because i've had experiences where i have a hobby i monetize that hobby and then i don't enjoy it anymore because it becomes something that i make not for money but that, that I make thinking of a ba- buyer like I like making things having like a client on on mind I really like I mean it, it's okay of course but luckily like like my day job pays for like all what I like most of the things I need to to live So I didn't want to do that. So what I decided was like, okay, I'm going to sell as much as I need for getting like resin, silicone, magnets, Mm -hmm. uh, making blisters for the materials. And then I would swap or give away uh, everything, everything else. And that's basically what I've been what I've been doing. So I make stuff for online or in real life events. Then I try to sell and just to like make the, the hobby sustainable. I haven't been able to, to do that. And then I swap or I give away a lot of things. If someone buys something, if they buy just maybe like one figure, I usually would put something else, another figure in the package, or I Put stickers. I'm also like into sticker making. So I make stickers of that rainbow. Sometimes I make stickers of uh, the characters that I uh, create for for the toys, um yes, I I try to give away as much as I as I'm able to, as long as I get back money to buy more resin, silicone and, and that and um, materials. But as I say, like just knowing that someone wants to have something I made at, at their home, I, I would pay for that. I would pay for for someone to have my 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 toys at their place.
0: Yeah, have you um, in being a part of the Australian toy commit uh, community? Have you taken part in more of those things that are there? Um, because you've made leaps and bounds in how quickly you are creating now, and there's shows that are specifically in Australia. This this is not a toy store all that stuff. Have you participated in that and then like met so, all
1: the toy makers surrounding that? So because I don't make I don't have time basically yes, time capacity to make many toys. I don't sell at I don't sell at, at shops. Uh sometimes I do send toys to air to kentucky but i think Mm. that i send them most like mostly so people can like see the toys like in real life touch them and grab them and buy them if if they want but i don't sell toys are this is not a toy store because i wouldn't be able to to produce a significant quantity to get like can sort of income or money from from that. I I've been, of course, like many times at the shop, TD beans, some curated an exhibition. I think that that was a uh, last year, mint on cart. Mm-hmm. So it was supposed to be like toys on cardbacks. I the, and that's when I made them Godzilla and Lord God a uh, box. it was That's a card, but I, I made a, I made a a box. Did that sell? And there's a no 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 I I, I didn't make that for selling. It that that box, man, it's so so complex and yeah. so time consuming that I just I made that one. And I made one more for a Brian B2. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, (laughs) wait, 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 you made one. I knew this was going to come up. You made one and then you made one for Brian. Is he the only other person that
1: has one? And he will be the only person having one of them. Oh, Brian. So I I felt like because because he has like this. In one of his displays, mm-hmm. he has this dark rainbow section. For like that's like an honor for me. Like that's that's something that I told to my mom, my dad. I tell everyone like there's this person in the U.S. who hasn't like met me in person, and he had like this sort of like. Dark Rainbow uh, collection. So um, the other day I was uh, talking. So what I do is that. So going back to, like how I make business, is that when I make like a batch of toys, I am um, I send pictures to people who always buy my my stuff. So I send pictures at like a, let's say, a special price with a discount. And then most of the things I I make are sold in that way. I send pictures, people buy them. They uh, pay me through PayPal. I post and I send them the toys. And so usually when I post toys on instagram they are already gone like i'm not very good at like making posts and like taking pictures it's the worst like it makes me so anxious (laughs) like taking the pictures and setting up everything and so the other day i was sending pictures to to brian and he's always like what else do you have what else do you yeah do you have and and i feel like would you like to have a like the godzilla yeah. box and he say like oh, of course so i made that box for him but because the box it's very complicated and for the same reason is not perfect or it doesn't meet my quality standard yeah so i i didn't and uh, he paid for the figures for Godzilla and Lord God, but I like, I give them, um, give the I made the box for, for him. Yeah. So that's the only other. If you ever make another one,
0: <laughs> I'll snag it immediately because that it is a cool piece. I think uh, when I look at your work, um, you're able to sell it and you're able to create great pieces So then the question is, where do you, if this isn't going to be, because you have a full-time job outside of this, if this isn't going to be what you do full-time, or what do you hope Dark Rainbow becomes in the next year? Where do you hope it heads?
1: Yes, I think that that's um, because I've been thinking a lot about that. Like now that we are in summer and I have like more time to, Yeah. look back at what i've done and so i've been so i am i have a background in design but also in cultural studies i did a like my my, i did a phd in cultural studies and as i say that i've been always interested in this critique of capitalism and like Western cultures and consumer culture, but I think that I haven't had an opportunity to put those two things uh, together. I tried to make that in the matchbox cars Mm. that I repackaged in these card bags because I, I had the 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 car at the front of the cart and then this sort of story at at the at the back but then I just I made um, the mismatch figures or yes or or the figures that I've made for Apocalyptico or D is for Frankenstein they somehow they do have a story but I, I, I think that people have to make their own story uh, with them. But what I want now is to start making stories for, for those, for those toys, And that idea came back and comes from a collaboration I did with a Colombian visual artist. I think that it was uh, last year. I, I'm not sure if you saw that for, what, uh, for heavy metal, Hanukkah, mm-hmm. Ratus, like a great woman great visual artist from manizales colombia we made a set of like three figures so like a like a bright of frankenstein mm-hmm. in a, like a heavy metal version frankenstein also in heavy metal version and we also made a pig because like i have no idea what hanukkah is <laughs> and not that i'm like very interested in in getting to know but we we asked chat gpt like about restrictions or hanukkah or yeah they can't have sort of pork yes so i we put a pork and we put a lobster hand on on frankenstein because i think that like lobster and like shellfish yeah is. Yes, it's not allowed. So we tried to make a a story in that piece, and we also had the idea of like making a booklet or something Mm -hmm. to make that story, but because she's like 15,000 K away from me, we didn't have time to do all the things that uh, we wanted. Yeah. To make, but I think like it was a, I mean like collaborating with someone from like like back home in Spanish, it was an amazing experience, and it was very inspiring. So Mm. I always try to learn things from whoever comes into into my life. So I learned a lot of things from her. Yeah. So now, in the next next year, next couple of years, uh, that's what I want to do. I want to make figures and then make back cards or scenes, booklets uh, that tell tell a story. But yes, I, I'm making. I'm working on a set of three figures. Uh, just gonna say like a season a uh, season street uh, figures. And what I'm doing for each of them is like making a character, but also using the characteristics of those uh, figures or or like the personality of each of those uh, Season Street characters to like, tell a story where I, I make a critique about the things that I want to, to critique that are basically like a critique of um, Religion, industrialization, domestication of of uh, animals, and yes, that that sort of thing. I also got like very inspired by ordinary ordinary toys. Yeah, Edwin, have you have you spoken with him? Yeah, he's amazing man. Like he makes these he makes these bags. I'm not sure if you have the opportunity to have like one of his toys mm-hmm. in your hands man this is amazing i think that this is like at the moment like my favorite uh, bootleg uh, maker so he has like these huge um labels in his back, but i what i love the most is that at the back of those uh, back labels he tells a story he tells a story about the the characters um, he makes, and I think that that I don't know, like that story. It's a, I mean, it's not that he writes a, like a like an essay like, or a play for that character, but I think that that story, like, brings these characters alive. It gives them a personality, so that's also something that I found very inspiring and that I want to explore and take further in I don't know, like this year. So I'm going to I'm going to be part of two events this year. One is in February. It's going to be in the this is not a toy shop in the gallery they have on the the second floor dollhouse and gallery. And there are a couple more events in the first part of the year. and I'm working on those for two events. I'm making these, these pieces where I'm trying to do. Let's see how let's see how it goes. Maybe I'm not able to make what I wanted. Maybe I get completely distracted and get into like something, something else, but. If you ask me at this moment, where I'm, where I feel that I'm going to, I think that that's the direction that I want to to take. And I, and I did have a sort of a break this summer, just to calm down and to like give a direction to to toy making because I don't know. I feel that I feel that in the last two years i've been learning i'm just learning exploring things trying different uh racings, combining different pieces so for example uh, i am i'm obsessed with play mobile and i'm like i i have some of those figures and i love the accessories So, for example, the the pig eh, I made with Mm Rattus for heavy metal Hanukkah, that's a Playmobil eh, pig. And they also have wings. I don't know if you have noticed that. Most of the toys I make have Mm -hmm. wings. And those wings come from Playmobil or from Lego. So, Mm. that's also like in terms of kid bashing or this thing that I called uh, mismatching things Uh, I would say that I found the pieces I want to combine like action figures, Playmobil and Lego and also plastic toys from like one dollar shops and and that's the sort of thing
0: awesome so uh i mean the last part of the podcast as we as everyone knows you get to plug you kind of plugged your events but if people want to work with you if they want to get a toy from you if they want to do all that kind of stuff how do they do
1: that message me on instagram that's it. In, i'm only on instagram i do have a tiktok but i think that i i haven't opened that tiktok like in in months I'm mostly on Instagram. I, I, I have to. I try to put a limit on Instagram, so I, I have a like a one point five hours limit on my phone. Otherwise, I would just like spend my whole life on on Instagram. I'm just saying that because like if people message me and like I don't reply immediately, it's because I. I have reached my daily limit or I'm trying to use those 90 minutes I have in something else. But yes, so message me if people want to have like early access to to what I make, maybe send me a message and I send the photos as I, as I explained. And I also have an Etsy shop where I try I, I put some things. I created that Etsy shop because I thought that having an Etsy shop would bring people like outside of the toy yeah. community, but not really. I have I have sold some things to like let's say like strangers, but most of the people that um, get things from from eBay are other uh, toy makers. And that's something that I always tell to people when they buy the first time on Etsy. Don't buy anymore from Etsy. Send me a message, and I'll sell this to you easier and cheaper. Because Etsy has all these taxes and rules and stuff, Mm -hmm. and I'm not very interested in paying taxes for the toys. i make taxes in australia are crazy so so yes so maybe i i would say that just instagram at the moment and maybe awesome. forever thank you yes. so much for coming on
0: pumped that you were on thank you um we are headed into the nitty-gritty so we're gonna cut this episode right here